0: AM 1280, The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
2: With SRN News, I'm Jeremy House in Washington. As the coronavirus pandemic has found fresh legs around the world, Hong Kong has issued tougher new rules on wearing face masks. Spain has closed overcrowded beaches, while Germany has zeroed in on another outbreak at a slaughterhouse. Also on SRNews.com, President Trump says he, doesn't, he does take responsibility for how the pandemic is being handled in the U.S. I take responsibility always for everything because it's ultimately my job, too. I have to get everybody in line. Some
3: governors have done well. Some governors have done poorly. They're supposed to have supplies. They didn't
2: have. I supplied everybody. Now we have somewhat of a surge in certain areas, and other, other areas we're doing great. Mr. Trump made his comments on Fox News Sunday. Georgia Democrats will gather Monday to decide a replacement on November's ballot for U.S. Representative John Lewis. The 80-year-old civil rights leader died Friday after serving the Atlanta area for more than 30 years. This is SRN News. This is Nick Anderson,
4: General Manager of Salem Media
0: Group Twin Cities. During times of crisis, this radio station will continue to be a reliable
5: source of news and information. We take this very seriously and ask that you continue to stand behind not only our station by listening every day, but by continuing to do business with our local marketing partners. It's because of their support that we can be a beacon of strength when our culture
6: needs it the most.
0: Visit this station's website to learn more or call us at 651-405-8800.
6: With an abundance of misinformation being spread online, we're doing everything we can to keep you informed and up to date. Right now, if you go to the homepage at AM1280thepatriot.com, you can see the latest updates surrounding COVID-19. Just go to our website and click on COVID-19 updates and resources. Just past 2 o'clock on this Sunday afternoon here in the Twin Cities. Take a look at your forecast from the Homestead Road Weather Center. Sunny and breezy, we reach a high of 82. we got our two Brad Carlson of the Narn right now.
0: Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. And Patriot.
5: Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with our number two of the broadcast we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call at 651 289 4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NARN show, hashtag NARN show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and give us a follow if you haven't done so already. Talked a lot of uh, local issues in the first hour. Definitely want to get to some news that... Uh, I well, made national headlines this uh, past week, and uh, let's see. I want to be able to um, find the as part of this press. Yeah, here we go. So I did mention in the first hour we're we're going to get to the Washington uh, Football Club. They're no longer the Redskins because as of last Monday, July thirteenth, they have retired that nickname. I will read the official. Uh, Statement from the Washington football team. On July 3rd, we announced the commencement of a thorough review of the team's name. That review has begun in earnest. As part of this process, we want to keep our sponsors, fans, and community apprised of our thinking as we go forward. Today, we are announcing we will be retiring the Redskins' name and logo upon completion of this review. Dan Snyder and Coach Rivera are working closely to develop a new name and design approach that will enhance the standing of our proud, tradition-rich franchise and inspire our sponsors, fans, and community for the next 100 years. A couple things I want to point out here. Let me read a couple, couple more, couple of sentences, or repeat a couple of sentences in the statement. As part of this process, we want to keep our sponsors, (laughs) fans, and community apprised of our thinking as we go forward. And then near the end, uh, we want to develop a new name and design approach that will enhance the standing of our proud tradition, rich franchise, and inspire our sponsors, fans, and community for the next 100 years. So from who they want to keep apprised to who they want to inspire, uh, it's no accident that the sponsors... (laughs) are the first group of people named in both of those sentences. Coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think so. Look, you're going to have, you had your progressives taking their victory laps, you know, the virtue signaling progressives taking their victory laps, say, we did it, we did it, we finally got their nickname, got them to change their nickname, to acquiesce to the pressure and whatever else, because this has been ongoing for a long, long time. I remember when the Super Bowl was here in January of 1992, when the Redskins took on the Buffalo Bills. You had a prominent Native American group protesting outside the uh, then the Metrodome, where the Super Bowl was taking place. And even years before that, Jack Kent Cooke, the owner of the Redskins, was facing scrutiny, I think, in the 70s when he took over the team, saying it's not, it's not going to change. And I cited a poll from four years ago, Washington Post poll, that indicated nine in ten Native Americans were not offended by the team's nickname. Yet the virtue signalers persist. Now, why is that? And this is a serious question. I don't know the answer to this. But has the Native American sentiment dramatically changed in the last four years from 90% were not offended to now a majority are offended? Has it? Uh, serious question here. I I'd be shocked if it had that kind of change in four years, because again, these people can speak for themselves. They don't need a bunch of lily white progressive virtue signalers speaking on their behalf behalf and being outraged on their behalf. But again, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. This all started when FedEx, which is the name on the Redskins stadium, FedEx field said that they were threatening to pull naming rights. If they didn't change the nickname and Nike pulled all Redskins apparel off of their uh, website. And I remember uh, the Department of uh, Trademarks and Patents about eight, nine years... No, it wasn't quite that long ago. I think it was about six, seven years ago. They were canceling all trademarks for the Redskins name. Basically, anybody could use the Redskins name and logo, and the Redskins couldn't sue them because their patents and trademarks were being removed. Well... Uh, That was a clear violation of the First Amendment when an agency of government is suppressing your expression. And the Redskins ultimately won that battle in court, and they were able to, and the Federal Trademark and Patent Office couldn't do that. So they were trying to get them to change the name any way possible. Well, it's really this simple. It comes down to the almighty dollar. Always has, always will. A Leviathan that is like the NFL, if you want them to make any kind of substantive change that you're demanding, get you them in the pocketbook. It's no more simple than that. That's why they're saying, as part of this process, they want to keep their sponsors, fans and community, apprised of their thinking as we go forward. Sponsors first. And then they want to inspire their sponsors, fans and community, for the next 100 years. Again, sponsors listed first, not an accident at all. You only need to look back to about six years ago it was early in the 2014 season after the Vikings beat the Rams in week one of that year. It was revealed Adrian Peterson had physically abused his son. And you remember that horrific picture where his son had whip marks on him and people were like, what in the world? And Adrian Peterson came out and said, okay, okay, okay. Look, my daddy when i when i uh, was disobedient or i uh, misbehaved my daddy told me to go pull a switch off the tree and i did and he'd whip me with it and whip me good it's it's discipline i'm disciplining my kid and of course um you look at the kid's injuries and it's like okay what did a 4 year old do to deserve those kind of marks that those kind of whips that left those kind of marks i mean it was horrifying and adrian peterson Because he said, what, I'm just disciplining my kid, admitted to beating his kid. And this was, this came out on a Friday, I believe. Yeah, it came out on a Friday before their week two game against the Patriots. Remember they were, that was a, that year they were playing at TCF Bank Stadium uh, while the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium was being constructed. So Peterson was going to be held out a week two against the Patriots. And then after the Patriots game, the uh, next day, the very next day, that Monday, uh, the Wolf Market owners Mark and Ziggy Wolf came out and basically said, "Look, we're going to continue to monitor the situation and support Adrian's fulfillment of his legal responsibilities for the process. But look, we're not going to rush to judgment. It, there's due process, innocent until proven guilty. Adrian Peterson is going to be allowed to play while the legal process plays out, because again, you know we believe in we believe in that standard." of innocent due, until proven guilty, due process, all that sort of thing. And General Manager Rick Spielman came out and made that announcement. And, uh, oh, yeah, uh, he made that announcement in front of a backdrop huh. that had Radisson Hotels advertised on that. That's right. I forgot about well, that. Well, Radisson Hotels comes out, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're You're letting this guy play a guy who, okay, yeah, he hasn't been convicted of a crime yet but admitted he caused the injuries on this child, and any decent-thinking human being sees those injuries and will be horrified? And you're making this announcement in front of our um, name? Well, okay, we're going to really have to rethink our our relationship with the team. Not more than 24 hours later, all of a sudden the Vikings are like, yeah, you know, uh Well, we've got this thing available to us called the Commissioner's Exemplist. We could put Adrian Peterson on that. He won't be allowed to uh, come to any of the team facilities, team meetings, or whatnot, and he'll be on that until the case is completely uh, adjudicated. All right? Because obviously the NFL couldn't take any action because the NFL, they're only going to respond to legal charges. Now, again, the Vikings' initial sentiment was due process, innocent until proven guilty. That's a fine sentiment to have, and that's a super philosophy. Except it's not always applied equally. Remember in 2013 when, an a, when a, a defensive back by the name of A.J. Jefferson got uh, got pulled over for drunk driving? It was cut the next day before his day in court even happened. So what does that message tell you? That tells you the better the player, the, the different kind of treatment they're going to get. Until the bottom line is affected and Radisson threatens to uh, suspend its limited sponsorship and the Vikings saw that and said, well, this could be kind of a domino effect. Okay, we'll pull back. There it is. Quad era demonstratum.
6: Yeah, all, fair, all hit- fair stuff, Brad. But oh, let me ask you this. Was the Ray Rice fallout immediately after the Peterson stuff, too? Or was that there was a little bit of time in between? Because I think maybe to an extent, the Adrian Peterson thing was also maybe an overreaction, obviously, because he hadn't had his day in court or anything like that. But I think maybe the NFL was just playing things safe because of uh, how everything went with Ray Rice, even though they're two completely different situations. Yeah,
5: uh, Ray Rice, I think, took place around that um, same... Yeah, well, that was the year before, because you remember it was the spring of... This was the 2014 season, early in the 2014 NFL season. Well, you remember... In May, so about four months earlier when Ray Rice had the press conference with his uh then fiance, she eventually became his well, she was his wife by that point. Mm-hmm. Cause the elevator footage had come out where he was dragging her lifeless body out of an elevator. And it was only asked it was only supposed to what went on there. Well then video came out. Yep. Literally the week before the Adrian Peterson saga, video came out of him literally Punching her so hard that she left her feet. You remember that? Yep. Yeah, so you're, that's a good point. That was a week before you actually saw the footage. Now, again, I I remember thinking, what do you think happened in that elevator when he's dragging his unconscious fiancé out of there? What did you think happened? But it was only when people saw it that, like, whoa. Yep. And, yeah, so that's an excellent point. Uh, I think, yeah, that that probably had a lot to do with Radisson's sentiments as well. It's like, okay, Ray Rice was suspended for just a couple of games, and then the video came out, and then Roger Goodell says, "Okay, well, it's an indefinite suspension, whatnot." And it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" The collective bargaining agreement says the maximum penalty is only a couple of games. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, it was just a mess. That was when the NFL was in crisis mode. Yeah, <laughs> and because they were up, they were basically upstage by TMZ. TMZ got the video and put oh, yeah. it right. out there. That's right. So yeah, yeah. So my point is. If you go after the pocketbook of these teams, if they're affected financially, then and only then are they going to make substantive changes, like the whole Ray Rice saga. The commissioner, they could have said, look, the collective bargaining agreement says maximum two-game suspension. But here's the thing. Once he was done with suspension, who was going to sign him? It was a moot point. Well, stick with a two-game suspension instead of muddying the waters by going with an indefinite suspension. Well, then you had the players union come out and say uh, that's a violation of the CBA here, and it was just a complete mess, so yeah, my point in bringing this back is that once the financial uh situation became the issue, that's when the teams acted. You can say whether that's morally correct or not, but that's the only way you're going to get substantive changes again, and like I said, if the Native American community is if it's still ninety percent of the Native American community that is not offended by the Redskins nickname, then why the outcry from all of these all, all these big businesses, particularly white progressive white progressive virtue signalers. Why? You know, are you, are did the Native Americans ask you to be offended on, on their behalf? Because if they're say if they say they're not offended, then you know, what's it to you? Now again. I I always felt that the name should be changed.
6: As have I, yep.
5: I've always felt it would be changed. And then when I saw this poll four years ago, I'm like, that's when I kind of came around and said, well, okay, I still don't like the connotation it represents, but if if this community, who would be more affected by it than me, says they're not offended, then I had to ask myself, why am I so offended on their behalf if they're not offended? And so since four years ago, I just... Became pretty much ambivalent about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I would definitely advocate for whatever position the Native American community took, because obviously it's in their vested interest.
6: Mm. And honestly, Brad, I I had a thought, honestly, like even less than a year ago, I was just thinking about the Redskins, probably because I was looking at like fantasy football or something like that. And I thought to myself, man, the Redskins name controversy hasn't really been brought up a lot over the last, I don't know, year or so. I wonder what's going to ultimately end up happening with it. And then. Obviously, things happened with George Floyd that escalated race relations here in the United States. And right. now we have, I don't know, do they even have any indication of what the new name's going to be?
5: Yeah, No, not really. Um, there was some joker who bought up a lot of uh, names and patented them so that the rest ah. kids would have to pay them for the rights to use <laughs> well, the name. Smart guy. Um, there, was, there was some talk about the Code mm-hmm. Talkers, which, of course, were the name for the Navajo right, Code yeah. Talkers who were instrumental in World War II.
6: That's kind of cool.
5: And the red tails, who I think, isn't that Ooh. the name for the, um,
6: uh, fighter pilots? think Native so. American fighter pilots, that's an Al I Malmberg think. kind of question on world of aviation, but I think that's yeah, right. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So I, I, I don't know, um, where they're going with this, but, um, again, the controversy is over, uh, you know, move on with life. And, uh, obviously a lot more came out about the Redskins. some, um, A lot of uh, things, disturbing things behind the scenes, uh, likes uh, uh, a toxic culture of sexual harassment that they have to uh, that they have to deal with.
6: Yeah, they have way more to worry about than just a name change right now.
5: Yeah, and and it's fine to move on. You know, people will still have their Redskins apparel, and maybe it'll be collectors' items now. Who is to say? But again, the bottom line of this segment, we kind of went in a lot of different directions, but the bottom line is, if you want to make substantive changes you have to somehow figure out a way to hit these teams in the pocketbook. And it was other big corporations like FedEx and Nike who have the clout to do so were able to affect change in uh, in that particular uh, from that particular standpoint. So 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer coming back with one another segment on the broadcast. Go
8: Nowhere.
0: Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide.
1: Blue Ox Heating and Air.
0: The team at Blue Ox Heating
3: and Air wants to make sure you're prepared for the hot summer ahead. That's why right now, when you buy a new high-efficiency furnace, you'll get a high-efficiency air conditioner for just $27.95 plus zero money down and no interest or payments for 18 months visit goblueox.com for details blue ox heating and air providing legendary service and legendary care
7: At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, we recognize that this school year was a little different. As you look ahead to a new chapter this fall, TwinCitiesTuitions.com will be here to help with half-price tuitions for first-time students. To see a full list of partnering schools, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
5: Play this song whenever I can. Hey, 612 is the number to call. This is me, Brad Carlson. North Alliance Radio Network. With this edition of The Closer, thanks as always for tuning in. You can also join us via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. A lot to uh, get to in this uh, second segment. So we will definitely uh, get to it. A lot of uh, cultural issues where culture and sports, social issues kind of uh, uh, kind of collide, I guess you could say. Uh, we've been talking about uh, football a little bit, some of the cultural issues and social issues that have kind of uh, made its way into the NFL. And obviously, the NFL has really, well, they've been... Uh, heavily involved in a lot of social justice issues for some time and it's really come to the forefront obviously with the Colin Kaepernick kneeling thing uh, back in August of 2016 during a exhibition game when Colin Kaepernick sat on the bench during the national anthem and of course that got people's attention and people asked him why and he flat out said look I I think there's been far too many African-American people who have died at the hands of police brutality or have been beaten at the hands of police brutality and these guys still have jobs you know there's Too much injustice, and we need to get that, uh, need to address that. And I can't very well stand for the symbol of a country where there are still people uh, that are suffering these injustices. So, you know, and that's really where the NFL started getting more into into the social justice. A lot of other players... Uh, decided to kneel during the National Anthem. Colin Kaepernick, at the encouragement of a Green Beret, said, well, look, instead of sitting on the bench behind your teammates, why don't you kneel uh, beside them? Then it shows at least you're in unification with your team, even if you have a difference of opinion, which was genius. And and a lot of people who go after Colin Kaepernick for being unpatriotic either don't know or forget that it was a Green Beret who encouraged him to take a knee on the sidelines during the National Anthem. So, if that changes your opinion or not, I don't know, but at least get that part of it straight. So I bring all this up because while there are a lot of athletes that are really heavily into the social justice aspect of this now, because let's face it, in sports like the NFL and the NBA, it's predominantly African-American players. And seeing what happened to George Floyd here in Minneapolis, affected them very deeply and said, now do you understand these are some of the things that we've been talking about and you got to see it firsthand on a viral video this this isn't unique I mean it you know they didn't say it happens every day but it happens more frequently than it should and no one who saw the George Floyd incident said that that was okay no one said the police were justified in that and as a result people were listening and more open minded than ever because they don't want that to be part of the society today, these nearly sixty years after the Civil Rights Act passed. We should we well be on stuff like this by now, that it should be completely ostracized from a polite society. Well the problem is and as you know a lot of people of course bring up Martin Luther King, his his one of the most more famous quotes, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And If you're going to stand up for the rights of your fellow citizens, particularly those that have been marginalized within the black community, then it should be everybody. And, you know, I I get how people as part of the Black Lives Matter movement bristle at the retort, well, all lives matter. Well, right, but their rationale is we get that all lives matter. We don't disagree. But until Black Lives Matter until we get the sense that black lives matter, then all lives don't matter. And I understand where they're coming from and respect that. But the problem is, there has been one particular prejudice which seems to have been allowed to continue to fester over these, not only decades, literally centuries. And that's rampant anti-Semitism. Some of the ugly slurs and stereotypes that are aimed at our Jewish brothers and sisters are, are continued to go unchecked and rationalized. And because the Jewish people aren't, you know, as outwardly expressive about this, because sadly this is something that they have been used to. They don't like it. And it's, it's a, it's oppressive, but it's something that they're sadly used to. And I I don't, I don't find that acceptable. That's not acceptable to me. Well, you know, they're they you know this is something they've been used for centuries. Yeah, it's not okay, but they they understand it's part of the well. That's not acceptable to me. And you know what? The black community wouldn't accept that as an argument either. Well, you know, driving while black, you know uh, that that they're they you know they commit most of the the crime, so we should just uh, they they should be pulled over. Well, you know that that's a kind of despicable logic I hear, and, and and they don't accept it, nor should they accept it. But guess what? The Jewish people shouldn't accept the oppression that they're receiving. And there's a couple of different pieces that I want to get to on this. First of all, Mitch Album, long-time sports writer for the uh, Detroit Free Press, uh, responding to Deshaun Jackson's uh, anti-Semitic statements that he put on uh, Instagram. And let me see if I can uh, I'll read a couple of excerpts of this. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Jackson uh, said that... Uh, ch- ch- yeah, he included a quote which he wrongly attributed to Adolf Hitler. Well, first of all, if you're attempting to uh, quote Adolf Hitler, that's your first mistake. But then you wrongly quote him. Uh, that's just another level of idiocy. But Deshaun Jackson claimed, uh, put forth a quote claiming Jews will extort America and have a plan for world domination. You know, just these kind of stereotypes that have been brought forth. And... There's not a lot of equal application in the outrage of this. And again, I only have a couple of minutes left, but I'll read um, some of Mitch Albom's piece where he talks about that there's just not an an equal response, where Jackson basically received an undisclosed fine for this, uh, for these comments from the Eagles, his football team. Uh, But the truth of Jackson's wrist slap is likely this. Anti-Semitism doesn't cause the same fury as other prejudices. There is rarely as loud or sustained an outcry when a synagogue is attacked or a Jewish person is killed for his faith, or the entire Jewish population is slandered. This was reflected in the tepid reaction to Deshaun Jackson and in Malcolm Jenkins' sentiments that Jewish people aren't our problem and let's not lose focus on what the problem truly is. No, Malcolm. This is what the problem truly is. Intolerance, stereotyping, repeating others' hate-filled rhetoric. A lot more on this, and I'll get to it on the other side of the break. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
9: If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Genesis 950 with water breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can even be used in a carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's a disinfectant that kills viruses. It can be used on surfaces and floors by mixing one-third Genesis 950 with two-thirds water. Apply to surface and clean with fresh water. It's great for floors, bathrooms, kitchens, garages, grease stains, wheels, tires, decreasing engines, and upholstery. It's available on Amazon. However, if you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code SALEM. That's Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com. Code SALEM.
0: Be careful. Once you try
6: a Patriot burger, you may never go back to a regular burger.
0: That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at rackshackbarbecue.com. Get that
3: Rack Shack attack. Barbecue. yeah. Journey.
5: Yeah, the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, i kind of uh, browsing my phone a little bit during the break, and of course, a lot of these baseball videos crop up in my Facebook feed because of course I browse a lot of baseball sites on Facebook. And uh, it was 10 years ago today, Benji Molina, catcher for the Texas Rangers, hit for the cycle, and the last hit he got was a triple. And it was as entertaining as you could probably imagine, Jason, him legging out a triple.
6: Oh yeah, I remember Benji Molina, and I remember he, him being a pretty big guy. yeah. Yeah,
5: of course. Uh, baseball tonight. Back when it was on ESPN, they had a segment named that Molina. Right, I remember that. Benji Yachty, and uh, you got Jose. it. Jose, Jose was the other
6: one. I remember like the yeah. sports, An- a- a- sports center anchors doing that to each other too, playing that name that Molina. Benji, you got it. That was yeah, pretty right. fun. So yeah,
5: yeah. Seeing him legged out that triple, that was as entertaining as you could possibly think. So who was more? Uh, what do... was
6: more interesting, uh, entertaining, watching that or watching Will and Zostaio run the bases?
5: Oh, well, Willie can motor I know for, he for can. Chubby Guy. I love it. Yeah, I, I still remember after the game, he says he just kind of shrugged. And he says, well, I just want to prove Chubby people can run, too. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> it probably sounded more entertaining in
6: Spanish, too. Uh, A so. lot of Tortuga is just the best. Yeah, so uh, we
5: do want to get to Dan's call. Dan from Shakopee called in. Dan, I appreciate your patience. You're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network.
4: Hey, Brad. <clears throat> can you hear me okay? I
5: can. Thank you
4: great great you know i do i do get bothered maybe even angry when i hear that this george floyd thing was racist there is nothing to show or prove or evidence that it was racist motivated because he had done that to other men that were white i know of two other men that he put mm-hmm. his his knee on their neck one nearly died I
5: talk, yeah i talked to so, i talked so, to one um Uh, that had this happen happened in his apartment. So, yeah, maybe it's the same person. I don't know, Dan, but go ahead.
4: And so that's the really... And then, so it it started out with, I don't know, you're an attorney. Is it a false premise? I mean, it's a false premise to say... I'm not saying there's there's not racism, and there's not racism in police departments, but those men are in prison, or at least shamans in in jail, waiting a, a trial. So the justice is happening. So... This massive amount of vandalism, burglary, arson, et cetera, et cetera, is um, the very thing that makes us in the white community go, why would I ever have anything to do with anything in the black community? Because we see the lawlessness. The lawlessness is without restraint. There's no, and so in other words, we're all shaking our head number one. And number two, there is a not, there is not systemic racism. Systemic means it's, it's systematic. It's in our system. It's not mm-hmm. true. We have individuals who are racist and they have the freedom as Americans to associate with whom and hire with whom they want. Regard- color, sex, gender, etc. So right. that's another lie that's being perpetrated by the media and people in government that the police are racist, that white America is racist. And it's systemic. It's embedded in our laws and ordinances, et cetera. And so, I mean, what do you think? Am I wrong here? I mean, this is it's uh, makes me very angry.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate the call, Dan. Yeah. All I can say is that, well, first of all, I, I think you said,
6: he said to me, "I'm an attorney. I am not an attorney." So <laughs> that would so be I... Andrew Parker from four to five, right here on the Patriot for the victory. Is that ballot. who he was calling? I, I, no, <laughs> he was looking for you. But I mean, Parker's a lawyer, <laughs> so kidding. I just assume that he Dan, switched. I'm kidding. Yeah, I just you yeah. I, I assume he just switched you guys up.
5: No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Dan. No, my my thing is, uh, you know, you listen to those in the black community saying, "Look, we've been enduring these kind of a, uh, oppressions," and yeah, they call it uh, systematic oppressions for years, decades, and you know, we're just we're just fed up with it and, and that's the source of their frustration. Obviously I don't condone the uh to the lashing out I you know i.e. via uh violence and looting, but I don't know that those were the people primarily responsible for that. I I remember the protests vividly. A lot of the uh you know those that were genuinely protesting and crying out that, hey, black lives do matter, they peaceably assembled, and from what I could tell, followed the letter of the law, even it abided by the curfew that was put into place. So, uh, you know, but unfortunately there are some elements that came out, and you know, it's been ascertained that some were more of the uh, the Antifa ilk that just were all about cultural Marxism. And unfortunately there are some that even are part of the Capital B, Black Lives Matter movement, the actual organization who are into cultural Marxism, and really, it's almost as if black lives are secondary. So if the if the true goal, if the true mantra is, if the true sentiment is Black Lives Matter, yeah, how could you not be on board with that? I'm on board with that, not even a question. But if it's the actual organization, Capital B, Black Lives Matter, who wants to institute cultural Marxism, count me out. Uh, Nicholas from New Hope is calling right now. Nicholas, you're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead.
4: Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yes, I was sir. Inquiring as to uh, when talk uh, show hosts on Salem Radio Network seem to inevitably situate into anti-Semitism when they talk about race.
5: Well, yeah, Jewish Jewish isn't a race, obviously, but but it is bigotry to talk uh, to disparage Jewish people and hit them with the uh, ugly stereotypes. Anybody home? So why,
4: so why bring it up?
5: Well, because it was a story. It was a story that came out this past week with the uh, NFL players and some of his fellow athletes defending their anti-Semitic statements, saying, "Wow, it's not a big deal. It's, we got more important issues to to work on." And it's like, well, why? If there's an injustice anywhere, there's injustice everywhere. What statements
4: for anti-Semitic?
5: Well, Deshaun Jackson's statements that he put on his Instagram account.
4: That uh, that he'd get rid of his Instagram account? Pardon? That he'd what to his Instagram account?
5: Deshaun Jackson, he's a wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. He posted uh, ugly anti-Semitic tropes on his Instagram account. Is that not a story? When an, when an athlete says uh, anti-Semitic statements, hateful statements, that's not. You're telling me that's not a story?
4: Nah, I don't think it's that important. So,
5: well, your mileage may vary, Nicholas. I appreciate the call, but uh, by your leave, I'm going to talk about it anyway. So, uh, as I mentioned, Mitch Album in this piece in the Detroit uh, Free Press uh, basically said that there isn't nearly the uh, scrutiny uh, attached to anti-Semitic remarks, as there is, say, racist remarks. And, I'll, again, I'll read uh, this. I think this is where I left off. Uh, Deshaun Jackson got his Hitler quote wrong, but, there's, uh, but here's one that's accurate. It comes from Hitler's autobiography, Mein Kampf, which, despite our recent trend of banning offensive works, you can still buy on Amazon. And here's the quote. The personification of the devil as the symbol of all evil assumes the living shape of the Jew. That's the kind of venom Jewish people have been living with for centuries, before and after Hitler tried to wipe them from the face of the earth. Maybe Stephen Jackson, who's an NBA player who defended Deshaun Jackson, can understand now why you can't just say, I could give a bleep, because that was Stephen Jackson's remarks to the blowback that Deshaun Jackson received. "Ah, I could give a bleep. Well, silence is compliance. That's a popular sentence today. But you can't be selective with your noise, not against hate. For all the bigoted garbage stirred up against Jews last week, it was disturbingly quiet out there. We should think twice about why that is. So uh, apparently Nicholas uh, missed that point that it was newsworthy because a lot of these statements cropped up last week. All right, and you have Malcolm Jenkins, who is uh, probably the most uh, socially one of the most socially active players in the uh, NFL when it comes to obviously. Uh, Intercity issues, black issues, he's taken the mantle on that. He's an NFL player with the Saints right now. And remember, he was the one who was so morally offended when Drew Brees said he doesn't like people kneeling during the national anthem. Remember that? He, he flat out told his teammate, Drew Brees, to shut the bleep up. And Drew Brees, of course, was apologetic, did an about-face, and Drew Brees' wife even doubled down and said, oh, my gosh, I guess we are the problem. You know, it was that self-flagellation, the total capitulation to uh, to the mob. And now Drew Brees is trying to learn more, and, and to his credit. But Malcolm Jenkins get, gets all haughty here, and he, you know, again, uh, this he called this a distraction from the Black Lives Matter movement, saying Jewish people aren't our problem, and we aren't their problem, but we've got a lot of work to do, and this ain't it. Well, again... And injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. So if you're going to stand up for your community like Ma- Malcolm Jenkins does, right, isn't ha- is hate hate or is it just when it's
6: directed toward causes you care about? I mean, that's that kind of seems to be the attitude this gives off. Hey, Brad, I kind of got a stupid question. Is there any relation between Deshaun Jackson and Stephen Jackson at all? not that I'm aware of. I okay. see to
5: me Steven Jackson. He was here in uh the Twin Cities. to right. me. He's a distant relative of George Floyd
6: though. Yeah, it was like cousins or something with him or something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But no, I don't not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um but how do you know also why Steven chose to be so adamant of defending Deshaun? Like why was he front and center and why was he the first one to do so? Do you know that? Yeah, that I don't know. I mean, I
5: guess obviously Deshaun Jackson's a high-profile athlete and Obviously, you know they. Um, the, if he if they see one of uh, you know one of his fellow African American professional athletes, he feels being unjustly criticized, he's going to step in and defend him. Well, which is fine, I have no problem with that. But maybe you ought to look at the the, the substance of his remarks. And by the way, um, another another close circuit to Nicholas and New Hope, Kareem Abdul Jabar thought this was newsworthy enough to. uh put forth an op-ed in the Hollywood Reporter saying that more high-profile African-Americans, whether it be entertainers or athletes, need to kind of get a handle on this because he's seeing a disturbing trend of people in both of those genres uh, making some remarks that they probably shouldn't. And Jamel Hill, far-left progressive, used to work for ESPN. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, uh, back, gosh, I think this was back in 2008, when the Pistons and Celtics were playing in the Eastern Conference finals and uh, she wasn't a fan of either team. And she says, yeah, rooting for one of either one, rooting for either one of these teams is like rooting for Hitler to assume power or something like that. And she received a lot of blowback from that and was an ESPN writer at the time and was suspended for that. And she admitted in an Atlantic piece that she wrote this past week that, yeah, I admit, I had my own blind spots. I wasn't wary of that, how deep those such remarks cut until I made it, okay? So the point is, is that if we're all willing to educate ourselves on all these issues, whether it be uh, issues that Jewish people have endured for centuries or issues that black people have endured for the past several decades, even in the, in the aftermath of the Civil Rights Act being passed, if we're all willing to edu- educate each other, like Deshaun Jackson. To his credit, he accepted Julian Edelman's overtures to get together, because Julian Edelman is a Jewish player, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Julian Edelman said, hey, look, I'll go with you to the African American History Museum in Washington, D.C., and you come with me to the Holocaust Museum, and we'll have this difficult conversation. Let's both have it. And Deshaun Jackson also agreed to meet with a Holocaust survivor, all right? And none of these people, whether it's Julian Elliman or this Holocaust survivor that reached out to Deshaun Jackson are coming from a place of anger or vitriol. They just want to say, hey, making these remarks, here are some things you should know. And after we share these things with you, I think you probably think better of it. Okay, it's not coming from a place of hostility. And that's a good thing, that we should have these conversations. And like I said, when you have Louis Farrakhan, who is upheld and lauded by a lot of black athletes and black celebrities. When he equates the Jewish people to being termites in a tweet, and that tweet is left up there, that also shows the selective enforcement of these big social media giants like Twitter. They left that tweet up there for a long, long time. And it was only after a ton of blowback that they finally removed Louis Farrakhan's blue mark, Because, you know, the verified accounts received the blue check to show that that's legitimately them. So, again, a lot of the selective outrage, selective enforcement, and uh, uh, equal application to some of these tropes that are thrown out there, uh, there's definitely still work that needs to be done with that. That is for certain. 651 289 4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARNSHOW, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
0: You know what's not healthy? Stressing about work.
3: Or maybe you're out of work. Stop. Hit reset. You can start a new life as an IT pro in as little as four months from the comfort of your own home. Even if you have zero computer experience. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. Live online classes meet just twice a week. An emergency relief grant of up to $3,500 is available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's
2: mycomputercareer.edu. Some may see a sprinter. At the NFHS, we see a future leader already off to the races. Some may see a volleyball player. One hit, way to go, girl! At the NFHS, we see a spike in confidence that will help her achieve her potential. What else do we see? Musicians learning to march to their own beat. We're the NFHS, the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and activities in America, helping today's teenagers develop the skills they need to become tomorrow's leaders. And we see it happening in communities across Minnesota every single day. Learn more about the NFHS commitment to youth at NFHS.org. This message presented by the NFHS, the National Federation of State High School Associations.
7: During July, Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is offering $700 off new energy-efficient air conditioners with payments as low as $50 a month or 0% financing. No doubt, that's a great offer. But is it a hot deal or cool savings? It's easy to get fired up about saving $700 on a new air conditioner, but payments as low as $50 a month or zero percent financing will save you some cold hard cash. We'll let you decide while you're escaping the latest summer heat wave in cool comfort. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning's Nate-certified and experienced technicians can make it happen, all while maintaining their no-contact protocols. So while the temps keep going up, the prices on air conditioners are coming down. Don't wait to save $700 on your new AC with payments as low as $50 a month or 0% financing. Find out more about these great deals today at StandardHeating.com Patriot. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve since 1930.
0: Join the Freedom Fan Club during July and register to win a copy of our Regnery Book of the Month, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You by Kurt Schlichter. Sign up today at am1280thepatriot.com Patriot.com. Welcome back. Welcome to
5: Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Just uh, got this one final short segment of the broadcast to go. We've got about a few minutes to go, so we want to get to a caller right away. And Mike from Minneapolis, you are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, I just wanted to expound on what you were Saying with Deshaun Jackson and some of the other players uh, within the NBA and the NFL, and how it's it really went with a lot of silence um, as far as people being critical of what they were saying, and it's uh, in addition to I think what uh, Nick Cannon had said uh, the uh, celebrities this past week too, and I'm just wondering uh, just how prevalent is this mindset. To particularly within the Black community, where it it seems like it's okay to be anti-Semitic. And as a result, it becomes more acceptable and more pronounced and unchecked.
5: Yeah, thanks for the call, Mike. Specifically, where it, it stems from, I don't know. I don't know what the... Uh, mindset is behind it. I don't know if if Deshaun Jackson's sentiments about how, you know, the Jews are striving for world domination and are looking to uh you know basically uh take over the world's banks as some of the other uh general statements I've the awful tropes that I've heard about Jewish people. I don't know if that's prevailing uh among the black community specifically. That I don't know. Um but if it is, then, you know, maybe they it's just like, well, you know, the Jewish people are are uh predominantly white and are looking to continue this system of oppression that we've endured for many, many years. Again, I don't know if they've had personal experiences or not, or if this is just something that they've been hearing along the way. So unfortunately, I can't provide an answer for that, but I will say kudos to someone like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who I alluded to a piece he wrote at the Hollywood Reporter this past week. And... He says, look, we need to have more outrage over anti-Semitism among high-profile sports figures and Hollywood as well. And I'll just read a a final couple of sentences he wrote here. Uh, The lesson never changes, so why is it so hard for some people to learn? No one is free until everyone is free. As Martin Luther King Jr. explained, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an escapable network of mutuality. So let's act like it. If we're going to be outraged by injustice, let's be outraged by injustice against anyone. And, uh, by the way, uh, not to pat myself on the back, but well, it is my show. So I'm going to, uh, take the liberty of doing so. I got a darn good memory. That was exactly the context of Jamel Hill. It was when the, uh, Detroit Pistons were taking on the Boston Celtics in, uh, 2008. And the, um, Celtics defeated the Pistons in the uh, uh western or eastern conference finals and of course they were playing the Lakers and she ended up saying that rooting for the Celtics is like saying Hitler was a victim that was her uh quote back then and this is when she was a writer for espn.com And her piece in the Atlantic said, More than a decade later, I still cringe when I think about it. Not only had I severely insulted the Celtics fan base, but I had made a joke about the Nazi leader who orchestrated the murder of six million Jewish people. I was, of course, aware of the Holocaust, but I had given a little thought to the feelings of the Jewish community because, frankly, it wasn't my own. When others pointed out the insensitivity of my statement, I was mortified. I apologized and wrote an entire column asking for forgiveness. ESPN suspended me for a week, a punishment that I deserved. So, you know, kudos to Jamel Hill. There's nothing, uh, she's a far-left progressive, so there's really nothing I agree with her politically. But the fact that she was willing to say, yeah, I've got my blind spots. And that's really what this, what a lot of this is, is people's blind spots of making jokes when it probably isn't sensitive and deeply hurtful to others. But like I said, in the case of Deshaun Jackson, to you know perpetuate some just awful stereotypes that Jewish people have been have been enduring for decades, you know, that's uh, that's just not a good look. So this idea that you know, well, and by the way, is it uh, Jason? I don't know. Is this something that's talked about on Salem regularly? Because Nicholas from New Hope made an allusion to that. It's like, well, apparently. Uh, typical Salem, they bring out the anti-Semitism charge. Is that something that comes up regularly? Because I'm well, not I mean, aware of it.
6: I mean, I'm just the weekend guy, so I mean from what I have to I mean, deal I no, I know with, Dennis Prager um, is,
5: a, is a Jew, so I mean... Yeah. I mean, Obviously, I mean, it's a deep interest
6: to yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Parker's Jewish as well, so he does bring it up quite a bit. I don't know if he's referring specifically okay. to that, but I'm not sure exactly. I mean, most of our original content is happening on the weekends anyway, so between yeah. you, Mitch, uh, King Banyan, uh, Andrew, anybody else, I'm not really sure where... He I don't mean to.
5: Yeah, and I don't mean to rail on Nicholas. We appreciate his call, and I hope he calls again because you know this is—he wanted to know why I was talking about it. Well, this is why I was talking about it because this is a story that made national headlines, and some pretty prominent figures like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar are talking about it and said we as African Americans need to get this figured out. So, I'd say that that uh, that's a news story, folks. I've enjoyed it as always. am twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Thanks as always for tuning in. Godspeed, my friends. Every cell is blessed week closing time this message
3: is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1,000,000 or more of affordable term life insurance, even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1,000,000 of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're term provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or on prescription medicine. Medications, you may still qualify for half a million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote by calling Term Provider at 800 555 2085. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800 555 2085 or visit termprovider.com. Termprovider.com
1: not having identity theft protection is like fumbling around in the dark. Where's that light switch? Ow! Even if you monitor your credit and bank statements, you could be blind to other identity threats. Ah, oh, that sounded expensive. With breaches on the rise and your info in so many places, cybercriminals could use your info to steal your identity. Yuck! And sell it on the dark web. Or open loans in your name. Is someone there? That's why LifeLock helps detect and alert you to -to hard-to-see dangers. If there's a problem, a dedicated U.S.-based specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock, you don't have to stay in the dark. Oh,
5: oh,
0: Oh, there's the light switch!
1: Get up to 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at lifelock.com. That's 25% off using code SMART at lifelock.com.
8: If you're questioning the education your kids received over the past few months and are concerned they've fallen behind both academically and socially, you're not alone. At Egan Montessori Academy, we've been bombarded with these concerns from Twin Cities families. As parents and grandparents are getting back to work, they're weighing the options of a traditional summer babysitter versus a safe facility that will foster both social and academic growth and advancement. At EMA, we provide exactly that with our highly touted Summer Bridge Program. We'll help your child or grandchild make up for lost time, quickly getting them back up to speed and even accelerating their learning while preparing them for next school year. Our proven and award-winning Egan Montessori Academy provides exceptional full-service child care along with nationally accredited educational programs. Please call to schedule your fun, informative, no-obligation tour, and we'll show you firsthand what EMA has to offer. Go to emasouth.com. Proudly activating your...